Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. Abnormal service has been resumed. Good week off, Lee. All right. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I, 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 oddly enough, I said to you guys that I fucking hadn't slept. I felt fucking awful. Uh, lay in bed and then proceeded to lie there wide awake till about half twelve at night before I could fall asleep. It's I'm still feeling you've disappeared. Feeling awful. My brain wasn't working. Have I? Oh, you're back. Now. You're there now. Yeah, my my brain hasn't. Uh, my brain my brain wasn't even working properly. It was it wasn't right. The uh, for the for those listeners that didn't know what happened, I uh, uh, I had a gig. On Sunday, and it was, it was, I really enjoyed it, and I came home a little bit hyped about it. Couldn't sleep, and then when I checked my sleep tracker the next day, I'd slept for approximately twenty-eight minutes. But to be fair, it was twenty-eight minutes undisturbed sleep. Oh, good, good <laughs> quality sleep in the end. Then, <laughs> well, I mean, if, if that had happened a week later, you could have just watched the Belgian Grand Prix to. Uh... Hey, I wanted to go to sleep, not slip into a coma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the best of races, was it? Well, no, I love Grand Prix ever. Um, I've well, already because I can't remember all of them, but yeah, it wasn't one of the most exciting ones, was it? It was. Uh, yeah, I think I've already forgotten most of it. Yeah, well, oh. that'll happen. Well, <laughs> we'll remind ourselves now, and we can go through it. Ah. Segway there? Yes. Yeah, more interesting than anything that happened yesterday. <laughs> um, right, starting at uh, starting at the back, Williams. Uh, Latifi, 16th, not last. No, 16th out of 17 finishes, I think. Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of an improvement. Um, I mean, George Russell was saying earlier on in the week that the Williams car was draggy in a straight line. So to be faster than something um, at Belgium, that, that's kind of it, it's an improvement. I'm trying to find positives here. Yeah, um, yeah. Trying to find positives is difficult, isn't it? It did look like he made it very difficult for people to uh, to get past because he made some places up at the beginning, didn't he? And then we saw some on on board footage of um, I don't want to say I think it was Vettel after a pit stop. After the after the pit stops, after you know when the safety car happened, did he find himself right in the back? Yeah, he was in a Ferrari. <laughs> but I think Vettel at one point had to pass Latifi, and Latifi, given his due, didn't make it easy, even though Ferrari didn't have a great race at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, Williams are you know repeating ourselves again. Williams are in in the fight for potential points when anything goes wrong. <clears throat> I think it needs potential potential points where stuff goes wrong, but you need you need stuff to go wrong and a crash at the start of the race. You you need a couple of teams taken out, don't you? Like a '98 Belgium is what yeah, they, could have, yeah. they could have done with that, rather than a you know. And just who would have played the part of Ricardo Rosset? <laughs> Jovanazzi, Roman Grosjean. No. <laughs> oh, harsh. Um, obviously, no. obviously, on the other side of the garage, George Russell did have a crash. And Unavoidable, a pretty scary one. It was a scary one. Mm. Um, I mean, he said himself it was unavoidable. There was nowhere. He said there was nowhere he could go. If he uh, if he went to the right, he was going to hit Jovanazzi side on. Uh, 
and yeah. if you went to the left, there was the barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. a bouncing wheel comes across the track at you. You kind of it's it's a lottery, really, isn't it? As to where is it going to hit, how's it going to bounce? Not a great deal you can do with that. It's another yeah. one of those situations where you see something like that happen, and uh, you're happy we have halos, you know. Absolutely, there could have been a really bad accident had that wheel bounced up and and you know hit George on the head. Um, but yeah, as, as we say. It, it confused me at first because Russell was going towards the barrier We're already with one of his wheels off, and I was just like, "How has he done that without mm. hitting anything?" But yeah, he actually he hit Giovinazzi's uh, loose wheel, which sent him off the track anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, until but, until they showed the onboards, I I didn't have a clue what was happening because mm. um, no, it was scary. You know, there was there was a there was a pile of pile of cars at the side of the road. Then they showed the replay of Russell going off with a wheel in the air. And it was like, oh shit! Are they have they collided first? And is this carrying on round the corner? It was just yeah. a, it was just after the apex, wasn't it? Yeah, I couldn't tell where it was on the circuit either. So I, I thought at first it was um, a Blanchemont, the really fast left-hander up towards the bus stop, but it turned out it wasn't. Um, it was a fairly slow-ish point of the circuit, but you know, God, if that had been like. You know, similar to the accident of what happened with uh, with Antoine Hubert and Correa the year before in F2, that would have been a um, there were some questions asked, to put it that way. Yeah, I think I think the, I mean they've made massive changes to Radion to make sure that that doesn't happen again. They've now got more supported barriers so that cars won't get spat out onto the racing line or even yeah. onto the runoff. Yeah, because that run that runoff at Radion does see a hell of a lot of use. Yeah, it's a, it's you know a very fast point in the circuit, and you're changing direction in the car very quickly as well. So you're going to have people on on the runoff quite quite often. But um, luckily, as I say, the the accident between Giovinazzi and Russell was it uh, the the chicane um, where you know, on the exit of the chicane, which is it comparatively fairly slow part of the circuit. But for a car to still hit the barrier and bounce out across the road, or parts of it to bounce out across the road. Um, just not not ideal, really. Mm. No, no. Um, looks like more work's needed on the wheel tethers. We've, um, Joe Bonazzi has said things about um, his crash, which we'll uh, we'll get to when uh, when we do the Alfa Romeo bit, which is quite yeah. quite a way down for them. Yes, um, but yeah, uh, Williams. Not much more to say, really. Not really. Yeah, they, um, were, they were there. Looking, looking up, looking okayish on Saturday, and then not on, not on Sunday. Yeah, that's fair to say. Story of the season. Um, right now, we've got all three Ferrari-powered teams, one after the other, at the back. Start with Haas. K-Mag in seventeenth, Grosjean in fifteenth. What happened to Magnussen to make him last of the runners? Did he have a a Ferrari engine? Yeah, I mean, no, but yeah, I he, thought the same as you. He had an off during quali, didn't he? Where he, he nearly binned it. Um, yeah, in... so he was he was at the back anyway, wasn't he? Because he he went wide on what would have been his his fast lap in Q one. Yeah, so he started at the back, but I mean, he didn't he didn't make any headway, and Magnussen. He, he got, he got likes... up, well. He got up to um, he got up to fifteenth by he the end of lap one. He started well, but I don't know. 
exactly how he managed to shuffle to the back. I think what happened was during the safety car, they double stacked and he lost time. Oh, God damn it. So, yeah, so one of those missing out sort of things. Because yeah, he was he uh, <clears throat> was it was running all right early on. Because I, I, I remember uh, I remember putting on Discord like how the hell did Magnuson gain four places? Well, one of them didn't start the race, so. <laughs> well, no, he was he was he was five places up on where he uh, on his grid on his grid position. Yeah, yeah. So he it actually um, it actually passed four cars on track. Yeah, well, he usually has a good first lap, doesn't he, uh, Magnuson? Yeah, I think I think Crofty said something about um, about he always gains places, and he's, he's done that every race this that's season. That's Giovinazzi who's oh, gained places, and that's because he qualifies poorly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he started well, and then just completely tailed off. Yeah, yeah, and then the other pass of Roman Grosjean. Did we actually see him at any point during the race doing anything I... other than? Getting in people's way when it's time to be lapped. I really I mean, I, don't I, remember him at all. Did we see Grosjean and uh, Vettel having a bit of a fight at one point on track? I don't think so. I think I remember thinking, like, oh, here comes a Ferrari trying to pass Grosjean. And then it, it, it happened fairly amicably. Yeah. I mean, because uh, they all would have been passed as well by the fact that the, the two drivers that didn't stop for the uh, safety car pits were Perez and Gasly, weren't they? So when they mm-hmm. pitted later on, then they would have had, you know, coming through the field, they would have been passed by them. But, you know, the Ferrari-powered teams were not difficult to pass this weekend. Nah. So, Haas win the anonymous Sauber Award of the Week. Apart from the fact that anonymous Sauber, an hour Alfa Romeo. But yes, they win the <laughs> anonymous Sauber Award. Right, now the Ferrari-powered team that's easiest to pass. Ferrari, fuck, where do we start? (laughs) Well, Vettel 13th, Leclerc 14th. They cheated really, really badly last year, didn't they? Well, no, they they cheated really, really well. well. And now we're finding out how much they needed to cheat. And and the other thing that makes you wonder is is how how long they were cheating for. Yeah. Somebody... How far does this go back? Somebody, Somebody said... Um, is it possible that part of the punishment that obviously we don't get to find out what it is because we don't get to find out what how they were cheating is that they've got to run the engine on reduced power for X number of races this season but if that was a punishment against the team they wouldn't be able to enforce that against their customer teams because they had done nothing wrong and yet we see all three of the Ferrari yeah. powered teams dancing around at the back they are- they, they, they wouldn't get a punishment just like no. you've got to do this scene it's stupid um, it's just the fact that it's shit the engine's shit and it makes like I said it makes you wonder whether um, you, you know when we first saw Vettel with the opportunity to maybe try and challenge for a championship a few years ago um, I mean was yeah. that it was that was this their fix to try and catch up with Mercedes Maybe was, conspiracy theory. Back? Maybe Vettel was the one cheating, and now they've been caught, and that's why he's got to go. Maybe he <laughs> said he built the entire engine. Yep, he likes to tinker, doesn't he? He's got all his old mopeds and stuff like that. He is—he is a hands-on tinkerer. I, I mean, he, he, is, he is a practical god amongst manshed owners. The tinker man. <laughs> Blame Vettel. Starting it now. 
Nah, I'm not sure about that at all. Um, <laughs> I'm being entirely serious. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You're also being I'm entirely not... evil by stroking a cat while you're saying yep. that. Just, you, just, you just need like a swivel chair. <laughs> so is it Bruno? It is Bruno. Bruno is here. Audio. Yeah, Bruno is a white cat as well, so that looks even more sinister. A little bit blow, blow felt going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that uh, the, engine's, the engine has just gone to gone to pieces did did the did the cheating part of it control all the speed yes clearly <laughs> well it was clearly uh i mean there are more problems than just the engine with ferrari um paul de resto i spotted on sky was saying that he um he knows that ferrari brought updates to belgium but they don't work but <laughs> They don't understand why they don't work or in what area they're not working. So, I mean... I mean, that, when that you're suggests there's a real like design flaw in that car if they can't yeah. make their yeah. upgrades work. Yeah. Well, if you remember, we thought that the, after a little while, in um, but, you know, when these uh, new rings came out, was it last year? And we thought that Alfa Romeo and Ferrari had gone down like this sort of like totally different path and oh my god is this if they chosen the right path are we going to see like a ferrari total dominance here and it turned out that it wasn't the right path but yeah ferrari stuck with it and you know we're still up at the front you know they won this race last year so how far what i want to know is how far back does this cheating go because if this goes back like to 2017 when they changed the rules for the aero rules if this goes back to then they are now not only down on power back to 2017 levels but they now don't understand how that power unit works with with 2020 aero see i don't i don't think uh, it goes back to like the beginning of the rules maybe two years in though you know when they've been trying to catch up and trying to like play the game and just clearly haven't got, uh, didn't have the technical ability, if you want, that Mercedes had to do what they did, and then maybe maybe twenty nineteen when they got caught was when they were when they were cheating, because I think it might go back further than that. Well, twenty seventeen is when they suddenly started looking like challengers, wasn't it? That would yeah, make I sense. Think it goes. Yeah, no, I that makes yeah, it does that. make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I mean, that would make sense as well as why it's being kept under wraps so much because if all of a sudden you have a sport like Formula One uh, or with the money that's involved as well, you know, for the other teams and stuff that have missed out on um, like championship positions and stuff because mm-hmm. Ferrari have been yeah. up there with a, with a car that was well, shouldn't be there, um, it would make sense why they wanted to keep it so quiet. Because the repercussions are huge. Yeah, I mean, they, they could, could find themselves getting sued by, well, probably Renault, because they like to protest everything, and um, Racing Point as well, possibly, for losing, you know, for losing places. I mean, uh, every, every, every team that finished behind Ferrari, <laughs> they were, were probably protest that in 2017, 2018, and 2019. mm <clears throat> Well, I mean, you talk about people that want to protest as well. Christian Horner loves a protest. When he got married, he stuck his hand up when they said, has anybody got any problems with this? <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, though, he was already second in the queue at the steward's office because Ron Dennis had beat him to it. 
I'm surprised. I, I thought I was going to go a different way. I was going to say, mate, he married Jelly Halley. Well, he was well more than second in the queue. <laughs> and I don't think Ron Dennis was first. <laughs> but he was definitely in the queue at some point. <laughs> so, individual Ferrari performances. Um... Leclerc had an issue, didn't he? He had to have uh, the pneumatic pressure in his engine topped up, like during a pit stop. Oh, all that, all that will tell you later, business. Yeah, they did. They did then say it was something to do with pneumatic something or other. Can I? Can I just put point out as well? Ferrari seem to just—they have this massive disconnect at the moment, don't they? Between like their drivers and like their pit wall, mm-hmm. like yeah, like the, the chatting on team radio, and I, and I know it's creatively edited, so it's not all going to be doom and gloom for them, but like this, this thing's like, well, Charles, we're looking at either plan B or plan C, we'll let you know, and then he comes back, comes back on, he's like, well, they're very different plans, so would you like to tell me which one you choose, so I know how to drive? Yeah, we'll tell you when we've chosen. And, and then, like, like, it's kind of none of his business, it's just like, well, excuse me. <laughs> He's the man in the car. He should probably know what you're planning. Um, but, but the, uh, but the, um, and Vettel as well, telling, telling the, 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 the radio, uh, telling them on the radio, this is it now. No more fucking pit stops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shouldn't they be the ones to say, right, that was your last stop? Yeah, they should. And like, Charles, like Charles stops the car, and it's like a five-second stationary stop before they let him go, and he's like. Well, what what went on there? We'll tell you later. No, fucking tell him now. <laughs> like he's not distracted during the race. Because like, they, t- they they told Jenny Gao pretty much straight away. It was her who tweeted it a couple of minutes later that it was all to do with pneumatic um, fluid topping up stuff. So it wasn't a secret that everyone will have seen that. Yeah, but, it, but, but the person who was in the dark was the man on the track, mm-hmm. and it should be it should be the other way around. Like they should have said. Before the stop, actually, we've noticed there's a pressure drop. Uh, we'll top you up when you when you stop. It'll be a couple of a couple of seconds extra. Don't panic. Everything's fine. And we'll keep. And then after he leaves the pits, is everything okay? Yeah, we're keeping an eye on it. We'll let you know if you need to worry. That should have been the thing. Not just like we'll tell you later. <laughs> this is a guy who's who's supposed to be staying with you for the next four five years. Like you've locked him in for a, like a lifelong contract, and you're just going to be like, sorry, mate. Not telling you. <laughs> How must he feel? Like, yeah, I, I thought this as well the other day, especially for Carlos Sainz. You know, it's... It, it, is it right for a team like Ferrari to sign drivers under the pretense of what they've been doing when they've been cheating like that? I, yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, hopefully... The drivers have a clause in their contract that's some sort of performance based as well. I don't, I don't I mean, think Carlos Sainz is worth enough for. I mean, don't get, I don't mean that negatively towards his driver driving, but I don't think he's done enough to have like the uh, Verstappen clauses in his contract. No, no, not quite that extreme. But you know, like if the car is like, it's not going to be like that watertight either. But I mean, Charles Leclerc <laughs> must have something like, well, a Ferrari finish. You know, outside outside the points for an entire season, uh, and it's purely down based on car. Like he can, he can leave, he can go wherever wherever he wants. There may I be don't. something in that, but like it's gonna be it's gonna be a long five years. 
Uh, not, not, not only a long five years. Like, I mean, I d- I've, I've always said that I don't think Charles Leclerc will ever be a world champion anyway. Um, but uh, that, that I don't think if, if he stays at Ferrari and Ferrari can't sort their issues out, which, I mean, I don't understand how they're going to because it's kind of like um, the Honda and McLaren situation there. You know, it's they, like Honda had to do something different to get like to get something out of their car. And you know, it's it's worked better with Red Bull, but that's been having like a Red Bull and a slave car to run, you know, whatever they want. That's yeah. the thing. Next year's Ferrari really has to be just a test car to fix that power unit for the new regulations in twenty twenty two. Because otherwise, yeah, but, what the feck are you doing? But the problem is, next year's Ferrari is this year's Ferrari. And the other problem is, is the engines aren't changing in 2022 either, yeah. are they? That's been that that's been stopped. So, you see, what I think might be Ferrari's biggest downfall here is the fact that the downforce is going to get stripped off these cars. I mean, even next year, they're going to lose 10, 10% downforce. I think Ferrari are working with less downforce because their engine isn't efficient. Because obviously, for downforce to work, you need the uh, speed on straights, and you. But more importantly, you need the acceleration through corners as well to to make that downforce work for you. Yeah. So the the only way that they could actually stick the car to the ground more is int- introduce more uh, more drag effect on the car, which then makes you sl- even slower on the straights. Yep. And uh, just for the record, just so everyone's clear. I think this is fucking glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's into any confusion here. Like I'm I I'm more than happy about what's going on. <laughs> There's a lot of people that aren't if you look at the internet, but on the other side of the coin there are a lot of people that really are. I, I I wouldn't mind. I mean, for Ferrari, I'm still bitter about Schumacher being a cheat. So you know, they they got like, and that was even before like, he, that was even before he'd set foot in a Ferrari. I know, but <laughs> the, the, you had you had the Vilna thing, and then the the little incident where oh where oh no, he's in Mercedes, wasn't he? Where he tried to put Barrichello in the wall. So yeah, yeah. but um oh, and Robin Eddie Irvine of a championship as well, or oh, the chance to win a championship. But you're not bitter. I'm not, I, I, I'm not bitter at all. I just have a very good memory. <laughs> <laughs> right, try and remember what Alfa Romeo did during the race, apart from Giovinazzi. So basically, did, Kimi. Didn't say it was magic. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen passed Sebastian Vettel on genuine pace he on did. track. That just shouldn't be a thing. No. I mean, this was the thousandth Grand Prix with Ferrari power in it. Was it? Are we sure there was Ferrari power in this one? Are we sure it wasn't just like one half dead horse? <laughs> they were there. Yeah. Whether they were bringing the power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're the kind of keeping quiet until the uh, the Mugello race, aren't they? Which is their thousandth, um, thousandth race in Formula One. But the, the really painful thing for Ferrari will be a watching will watching Kimi Raikkonen overtake Sebastian Vettel for 12th place like and normally you would go ah oh, yeah Ferrari will come through the field nope 
<laughs> they finished where they qualified, just the other way around. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that they were incapable of scoring points, incapable of doing it. When it, you look at teams like Alpha Tauri, yes. When you, look at, when you look at teams like Alfa Romeo, who have had a dog of a car this year. Yeah. yeah. And they and Kimmy, this weekend, appeared to get the most out of, um, out of the lump that he was given in the back of the car. Well, he is the king of spa. Mm, I'm uh, I, I'm sorry to whoever tweeted this to me, uh, so I, I can't remember who it was to give you a shout out. But somebody tweeted me saying those red Williamses aren't looking too good this weekend. <laughs> I still think the caterums. You know, it's, it's a massive joke. Red Benot- B- yeah, Benotto will pull the mask off and it'll be Tony <laughs> Fernandez in disguise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. It's start like even the mainstream media are now starting to talk about it, aren't they? The mainstream F1 media is talking like, how long till that axe starts swinging over Benotto's head? Because it's a performance like this in Monza for. I mean, no, well, I know we've gone back to Ferrari here, but when when it's you've got the story of the weekend, if we're honest, yeah, when you've got Al. For Romeo, who uh, you know, Giovinazzi, fine. He he binned it in his in his uh, you know, calls the safety car. Um, but he was running ahead of Raikkonen when he did bin it, and then Raikkonen goes and passes definitely one. I think possibly both Ferraris on pace, and Alpha are supposed to be like like a little little brother team of Ferrari with much less than half the budget that Ferrari are throwing at Formula One. And Kimmy, who's their old driver, just turns up and goes like, "Sorry, lads, see you later." <laughs> this twelfth, this twelfth place is mine. That just shouldn't be a thing. No, it shouldn't. It has gone back. Like, I can remember when I can remember when Ferrari were this rubbish in like the early nineties. But you know, it's it was normal then. It hasn't been normal since ever ever since, basically. Oh, quick, quick note on Kimmy. I know we do. We try not. We try and stay away from this sort of stuff. But I see. I've seen loads of it on Twitter. Um, his mask. The uh, he's not got an iron cross on his mask. It's a, it's a it's a designer. I believe it's part of a sponsorship, and it's the. Uh, I, I believe it's something to do with the Finnish, uh, Finnish Air Force. So I think it might be a nod to his national service as well. You can buy the official Kimi Raikkonen mask from his is what is it his West Coast what's it collection. Yeah, they are nine yeah. euros ninety five cents. Yeah, no, there's just, there's, there's just been a load of because the same thing happened with the um, I think I think the designer at shouts shouts to designed a jacket for PewDiePie as well. And last year there was a massive uproar because PewDiePie uh, supposedly had a jacket with an iron cross on it. And it was again exactly the same situation as Kimi Räikkönen, where people people just aren't fashion aficionados like myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that uh, update on the sort of sartorial elegance of the drivers. Good, good word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Venazzi did say on his crash, um, by the way, that it was he was he was pushing on the limit, and uh, sometimes mistakes happen. So he ran out of talent. Pretty much sounds like, yeah, that was my fault. Stamped on the loud pedal too soon. Yeah. At least he was pushing. We can't uh, we can't accuse him of that all the time. True. 
There was a debate on Discord on uh, Sunday whether whether his power is in his man bun or not. It's not <laughs> in his engine. Hey. <laughs> uh, right, McLaren next. Um, data forget for science. Yep. Weird one for Carlos Sainz. Was it an exhaust split or something? There was, yeah. a, yep. there was a problem with the turbo that caused the exhaust to split, from what I've read. Yeah, and this okay. is all before the race starts. Yeah, yeah, so he didn't even start. He got DNS, didn't mm. he? He did not start. And um, has anybody seen the interview with uh, Lando Norris uh, where he was being asked, oh, what did you think when you, you know your teammate doesn't even start the race? Does it worry you? Lando's response was, nah, I'm already thinking I'm one place up. <laughs> <laughs> Good, correct answer. I mean, of course, the, the joke being, and yes, I'm, yes, I'm going back two teams here, but it'll get him used to next season, spending a Sunday afternoon in the garage after his car breaks. Before the beginning of the race. Yeah. Uh, in fairness, is the Ferrari unreliable? That like, might be one thing I don't... It's not fast enough to be unreliable. Yeah, but yeah, it's not breaking down. Uh, they'll, 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 find, they'll find another fault to install in it for next year. Do you know what else isn't breaking down? Go Statues. On. Right. Okay. Any further information on that? or? Well, they don't have to do anything, so they're, they're never going to break down. That's true. They don't go fast enough to break down. Okay, good. <laughs> that took a... Took a little bit of lateral thought getting. So anyway, Lando. Um, I was disappointed we didn't get a last lap Lando lunge. He no, he did, didn't he? Oh, it was, he, he, it was, went, un, it was unsuccessful. Wide. He blamed and he blamed science for it. Yeah, probably. But yeah, <laughs> no, he what? did try to go for something on the last corner and uh, did not work. No, he was not allowed to use any different engine modes for. Um, I think they were protecting his engine against what happened with Carlos Sainz's. Um, pre-race so he had the same engine mode for the entire race so he's already one race ahead of the rules um and uh so he wasn't given that scenario seven which we saw in austria um when he when he got that podium at the beginning of the season um whereas uh ocon and who was it who was ahead of him was it ocon and ricardo no, it was Ocon yes and... Oc- um ocon ocon ricardo yeah, it was Albon and Ocon, wasn't it? Sorry, that were that were squabbling ahead, and um, yeah, Al- both Albon and Ocon were given um, superior engine modes to use, uh, whereas Lando couldn't change his. So he did a pretty solid job of getting to seventh and almost sort of redeeming himself for the the breakdown last year. I'm trying to remember what happened to him last year. He oh, broke he down fifth. literally on like the last lap. Oh, he, he did. Oh, the uh, it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, I'd forgotten that was Belgium. Uh, but yeah, another, another solid performance for him, and um, again, just really good to see McLaren up there doing things. Yeah, I mean, was it a false dawn at the beginning of the season? Do you think that they yes. were that they were almost at the, at the top, or is it just these these higher speed circuits? I think it's I a little bit of both. both. Yeah, yeah, I think they got... came better prepared than maybe some other teams who've now caught up a little bit, like Renault and yeah. as well. I think their car maybe just doesn't suit this circuit as well as some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what um, downforce McLaren were running, but uh, the, the McLaren that finished the race finished ahead of both racing points, which I didn't foresee pre-race weekend. 
Um, but obviously we know that Renault are running a really low downfall setting in preparation for, much like Alpha Taurium, in preparation for uh, Monza. But the um, had it rained, that would have totally fucked those two teams up. But uh, it turns out they both had pretty good races. Yeah, I'm um, just wondering if Ferrari were actually banking on rain or praying for it. That would I sound about right. That on, yeah, I did surmise that on Twitter, but it, I don't know. I think maybe the car is just bad. We're comparing everyone to Ferrari in a bad way. <laughs> uh, right, Alfa Tori next. Um, Gasly in eighth, Kvyat in eleventh. Gasly was looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very. He solid. is looking good. He's definitely, um, but he's definitely better than he was in the first part of last season, and I, I think he's. He's actually beating where he was in the second half of last season as well in the in the Toro Rosso. Do you think he's doing well enough to put um, Albon under pressure? Um, I don't know. That's that's the thing. I mean, the pressure on the number two Red Bull driver is immeasurable, and I don't think it matters what anyone behind him in the team's doing or behind him in the organisation's doing, mm. because who knows the way that Marco's brain works. That's, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. Corona camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, he's doing well. I don't think he's doing enough to show that that the, the switch that we saw this time last year needs reversing again. I think he's... Mm. I, I see no reason why he wouldn't have the same struggles that Albon has had. I think Gasly is doing well enough to convince other teams that if they need a driver and he gets dumped from the Red Bull programme again, he would be a good signing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he could end that. up being a signs. Yeah. Mm. You know, you could... You but could... I don't think... Sorry, I was just about to say, I don't think he's he's good enough to go back into the Red Bull. No. And you've got to wonder if you'd actually want to. If if they'd done that to you before, they, you know they'd be more or less guaranteed to do it again, because you'd get the same. You you know you'd get the same amount of pressure. You know why aren't you as good as Max in a car that we've designed for him? Yeah, only this time it's even even further down the road than you were last year. So now you've got even further to catch up if you if you catch me. Yeah. I, I think going going back to Red Bull would probably kill his career off. Staying in Alpha Tauri until another team came in for him would be the best move. Un, un, yeah, as long as he's still there next year. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. thing with Alpha Tauri, isn't it? It's, you haven't got the... Uh, there's no stability there. If you're only on rolling year-to-year contracts, you know that any minute should, like you say... Uh, a certain squinty old man make a uh, like a fancy to a different driver. You could lose your seat without chance to get another one. Realistically, there's only going to be one, potentially one member of the the Red Bull Junior program that would have enough points for a super license um, for next year to replace one of AlphaTauri, and I think it would probably be Kvyat. Um, that's yeah. But that's also going off the um, uh, off the assumption that Albon won't lose his seat and get sent back down to AlphaTauri. That is true. Uh, they'd only do that, though, wouldn't they, if they had someone to cast iron replace Alex Albon with? 
like so the, a, the like a, like, a pa- like a Perez or a Vettel or a Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah. But so they wouldn't they wouldn't put um they wouldn't just yeah, sorry, I can't get my words out. They wouldn't just spit out one of their Alpha Tauri drivers to put album back there unless they had like somebody better to put into Rebel straight away. Like a Perez or a Hulkenberg or a Vettel. Yes. Yeah. I, I still think the reason Vettel hasn't signed for um, Aston Martin is because there's still a chance to go back to Red Bull. I think if, the, if there wasn't an um, if there wasn't a chance for him to go somewhere else that's better than Aston Martin, I, I think he'd have already signed that contract. Let's see somebody saying this about Mercedes as well on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Did you have a conversation with someone, Lee? No, what was that? Oh, I, if I did, I can't remember. Somebody saying that he must a chance at Mercedes would be better than than Aston Martin. Exactly what you just said then, but using Mercedes instead of Red Bull. Oh yeah, but I mean, having Mercedes are all wrapped up anyway, aren't they? No, but Hamilton hasn't signed. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. So, I, I mean, he will, won't he? He will. But oh, it's, 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 it's more yeah. or less guaranteed. I think the only reason Hamilton hasn't actually signed is he does his, he does all his own negotiations, so yeah. he doesn't have people handling it while he's off busy doing Lewis Hamilton things. And also, the it, the longer you leave it, the more uh, the more bargaining power you've got, haven't you? When you keep yeah. winning races week in week out, yeah. And he could, yeah. he could, he could be waiting to see if Toto signs. It might be this massive standoff, and Mercedes completely lose out because Toto's saying, "I'm not signing till Lewis does." Lewis says, "I'm not signing till Toto does." And then before we that would be weird because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they talk to each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then before, yeah, but before we know it, Eddie Jordan's in charge, and um, Ricardo Rossi's made a comeback, and he's number one driver because that's all that was left. I don't know that Eddie Jordan is the natural replacement for Toto. Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave Richards then. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Peter Stringfellow of Motorsport. Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> I suspect as well the um the Vettel potential holdout with Racing Point could be waiting to see what happens with their brake duct appeal. Because if they end up having to like go back to square one for next year that might not be a fun car to drive. Yeah. Yeah, Ferrari uh, Ferrari is still appealing against the um against the decision. Yeah, that's Ferrari. What else they got going on? Yeah, that, that I think they're the only te- <laughs> they're the only team left now that are actually appe- um appealing the uh appealing the, the initial the punishment. Decision. Yeah. Well, okay. ra- racing points well, are appealing yeah. the punishment from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, everybody else has dropped their appeal for the punishment. Mm. Um, after 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 the FIA would have spoken to them, I'm guessing. So the FIA may have sort of warned the teams off from continuing with their protests for some reason. But because Ferrari is Ferrari, it's just like ah, whatever. Yeah, we don't think anyone should appeal. We're vetoing that. <laughs> we are vetoing the appeal. <laughs> We're vetoing their own appeal. Only Ferrari. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, Alpha Tauri. Um, Kvyat. Didn't see him do anything. Again, no. bit anonymous. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it was, it was a difficult race to remember, but not a great deal sticks in my mind. Yeah, I can't remember Kvyat doing it. Just finished outside the points, didn't he, I think? Yeah, finished, finished 11th. 
And is that about the best you can say? I think, yeah. Pretty much. It was an okay race for AlphaTauri. I thought they did all right. Says something, doesn't it, when, uh, and I know we're going back to it yet again, when Red Bull's second team is faster than Ferrari's first team. (laughs) Jesus, yeah, that's... (laughs) I refer to my previous glorious. Oh, in fact, I'll tell you one thing I do remember about Kvyat. He was fastest in the speed trap, was he not? Oh, was he? I'm sure he was. Fair enough. Yeah, Honda, good in a straight line. Yeah, fair play, Danny Kvyat. No, right. That's not too bad. Right. Um, from the Red Bull second team to the Mercedes second team. Ooh. <laughs> or not the pink Merc. Um, oh yeah. Somebody came up with a theory, uh, Neaton, Neaton, on Discord this weekend. Were Racing Point running underway in testing to uh, actually bag sand everyone? Well, we've done, we've we've accused them of doing that before, haven't we? Because. When Chalice was driving for them, even before they copied Mercedes, they were topping the timesheets by quite a long way. Mm. So, was all the uh, pre-season hype justified in the end? And it's looking like not. Ninth and ninth and tenth. And uh, you know, Stroll yeah, could, Stroll, I, Stroll was running well in eighth, and Gasly made up about five seconds in three laps on him. On fresher tyres as well. I remember Stroll had his um, hard tyres on from the pit stop when safety car was, and Gasly was on fresh mediums, wasn't he? Because he stopped later. Um, yeah, because Gasly was uh, Gasly was one of only two drivers that didn't stop under the safety car. Him and Perez, which yeah. the Perez one was a bit right. strange, keeping him out on softs. It was keeping yeah, him out Perez... wasn't strange. It was bringing him back in just about two or three laps after the safety car had come in, so that he was then at the back of a massive. Cure traffic. That was the odd call. But it helped keep Stroll in front of him. True. <laughs> yeah, there is that, yeah. Um friend of the show, Kieran, uh, tweeted exactly the same thing. Um racing point was it it was a racing point uh, tree graphic on, on when you should pit. Are you stroll? No. Okay, then you will be pitting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Perez Perez made up about I think over the last five laps Perez made up about eight seconds on Stroll and finished less than a second behind him. Would he have been allowed to pass? I doubt it. <clears throat> he may not have listened to what they had to say, you know. Again, this is another weekend has gone past where we're supposed to have learned about Perez's future and we haven't learned about Perez's future. Um you know, it was supposed to be the first Silverstone race mm-hmm. and then it was supposed to be the second Silverstone race. And then Spain, nothing happened in Spain. And then Belgium, nothing's happened in Belgium. So how how long are we putting this off for now? You know, so can you imagine if they announce Vettel at Monza? That would be super trolling from Sebastian Vettel (laughs) on Mugello. Oh, both good options. The race that Ferrari wanted, their thousandth race at their own track. And the four-time world champion who has failed to win any world championships with Ferrari is just like, oh, hey, guys, yeah, I'm off to another team, so and I look forward to beating you next season. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said before this race, Belgium will be a test of Stroll's actual ability in a fast car. And I still don't know. I'm quite looking forward to him on the, um, the Bahrain or not the Bahrain, the Sakia track that we will talk about later on. The Squoval. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's his Strange one. thing. He's good at Monza. 
um, as we know. So I was expecting Racing Point to be better in, yeah. in Belgium than they were. Um, I had Perez on for a podium. If it rained, we never saw the rain. Apparently it rained about three hours after the race finished and everyone who was in Belgium was absolutely furious with the weather uh, <laughs> for arriving three hours after the race. Um, yeah, strange one because you can't really gauge on this race because Stroll finished probably where the car should have finished and Perez got dumped on by the team for a um, pit stop. And me- then message, finished just sorry sorry to interrupt. The- message from Lee, the Russians got me. I think he may have been cut off. The Russian, yeah, okay. The Russians got me. <laughs> what is that call? Is he still on the call? No, he's disappeared no, he's completely. Off the call, but he's found Facebook. <coughs> Are we going to have to do a new quiz tonight called "Where's a Turtle Shunt"? Yeah, let's do I'm that. Here. Hey! Oh, there he is. <laughs> that I was good timing. <laughs> just responded yeah. to your message. I'm actually just Sorry. looking for a GIF of what you've just <laughs> what you've just said, Flood. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the Russians got me again. It's uh, I know I know too much. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard us say? Because I was just saying I expected Racing Point to be better. I expect Racing Point to be better as well. I I can't help but think. Remember what we used to say about Williams? Um, how about how good is that car? Yeah, we don't know how good the pink Mercedes actually is. No, uh, we, we've got because, I mean, it's. Unless um, unless Stroll is now essentially Perez level, you know, because he's he's racing and outperforming Perez to a certain extent. That extent being team orders. <sighs> was it team orders? It was a weird strategy. It was odd strategy decision. No, but he was already down the road from him, wasn't he? Yeah, because it was pit stop. Yeah, because Perez didn't get to pit under the safety car. Yeah, I don't. And, I don't and know. Kept, and kept out longer on soft. And I mean, all right, he's well, good. He's good on tires, but he would... but he was already he like uh, Stroll was already ahead of Perez, wasn't he before before that? Like Stroll came in under the safety car, but he was already ahead of Perez. It's not like uh, they Stroll was behind. They brought they brought him in, and then when Perez stopped, he got. I think like, so. I think I think back. yeah. I think Stroll was ahead of him on the road, but yeah. not. It wasn't like one of them was third and one of them was tenth. I think they were they were There's, next I to. Think there was, or, was a couple of cars between them. I think though, and like and Stroll didn't Stroll out qualify Perez as well. He did. Yeah. Again, yeah. yeah he's, well, not by a huge much amount. I don't think. No, no, but no. That, that's for me. I'm not. I'm not saying all of a sudden Stroll's like putting Perez in his place, but all of a sudden Stroll is at the same level as Perez. I, looking at it and it's only so, taken coronavirus it's only taken coronavirus and your daddy buying a team um, <laughs> but what i mean is is that car that good it's dragged stroll up or is it just allowing him to show what he can actually do well were you here for the bag sanding thoughts or did you disappear no, ah. right what's that we think well um Somebody on Discord said, were they run- possibly running the car underway in testing, a la Prost 2001? And Why? Bag sanding. Perez did qualify no, the- ahead of Stroll, by the way. But, but that's, not, that's not new. Uh, Force India, back in the day, that team is always like low-fuel testing. Yeah, that's what I said here. Yeah. 
So I don't, I don't think the car's got exactly the speed that we thought it was going to have. I think it's a second off the Mercedes. I just don't think the two... I, I, I think Perez is a perfectly fine Formula 1 driver. I don't think he's a race winner or a championship contender. I, 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 don't, I also... Oh, sorry, Lee, go on. I was just going to say, I don't quite know what Stroll is yet. Um, I do think if you stuck uh, Daniel Ricciardo in that car, um, I think Daniel Ricciardo would be above where he had like the Renault, for instance. I think he would be closer to the Red Bulls in that car, if not sort of on pace with them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd quite yeah. like to see Danny Ricciardo in that car. That would be interesting. Yeah. I also think that the uh, the mid the mid pack fight is and I think this is something to do with it, but I think it's very track dependent. Yeah. And I think this one and maybe Monza as well is gonna suit uh Alpha Tauri and Renault, whereas, you know, McLaren might not be at necessarily right at the sharp end and, you know, slightly slightly more sweeping um a sweeping course like Magello. Not too dissimilar to to Austria, really, but the that might suit McLaren more. So McLaren might find themselves at the sharp end of the of the mid pack fight there, and Renault might drop back again. I just think it's going to be very circuit dependent for the rest of the season. Maybe I I, st- I still think that Renault Luke and they have done for a couple of races now Luke to have the what, what sort of I don't know it depending on where racing point land. But the third, fourth best car. I think that I think their car clearly looks better than the McLaren now. It's definitely looking like they're they're moving forward, aren't they, Renault? They're definitely yeah. improving as things have gone on. Yeah, they, I think Renault have now caught up to be where they should have been last this time last year. I think um, I think Ocon skews it as well because uh, I you know it's you've only got one it, it, almost like Red Bull to uh, to a certain extent. Um, I think that that car is capable of doing what Verstappen's doing. I don't think Verstappen is necessarily... Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure he's driving a very quick car quickly, um, but I don't believe that he's dragging the extra speed out of a Red Bull. I think that Red Bull is a good Red Bull like we're used to seeing. I just think Albon's underperforming in it in the same way as I think the Renault is a good mid-grid car, probably top of the midfield. Um, and it's only Daniel Ricciardo that's actually doing the business in it. Except well, in Belgium, Ocon was, was on it yesterday. Oh, no, yeah. he, was, he, he was on it, but he was still he was still behind Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, you know, it's, By one I place. Think, I think it skewed it for the season, not, not necessarily just Spa, but when we've been looking at Renault, I think it skewed where, they, where they've been because or, we've been looking at one guy doing well and one guy doing badly. Or it could be a case of it's taken Ocon this long to really adapt to, oh, to getting the potential out of the Renault. Absolutely. He was, yeah, because he, pre- he was pretty matching Ricardo for pace during the race. Uh, he, okay, he got stuck behind Albon a little bit longer um, towards the end, but managed to pass him on the last lap and finish. Was it only a couple of seconds behind Ricardo? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully this is like the 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 beginning of, of something good for Ocon because we've always thought he was a good talent, but well I I certainly have I've I always, always I've talent. I've always questioned him. I, I I still question whether he he has enough to bring to get a second chance. 
Yeah, I don't know that he's, um, you know, the, the Mercedes prodigy that we that we thought he might be, but he's, uh, he, you know, he, hopefully this is the beginning of a good season. Because Mercedes have never got it wrong in the past, Verline. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he he was he was the second coming. Of what? Hamilton. M- mm. He even had the hair and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something strangely that Lewis didn't have all that long ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lewis has hair intermittently and it's quite odd. He can afford <laughs> to have whatever hair he wants. Yeah. There, there is definitely a degree of aftermarket going on. Um, has anyone seen the um, the hair transplant adverts? With his, is it Shane Warne, the yes, cricketer? Yes, and, Darren, yeah. Goff. and Garen, Darren Goff, the other cricketer. Now, there, there is a rule about hair transplant adverts. They're terrible. <laughs> they, can, they can only be presented by former cricketers with unconvincing rugs and wooden delivery. I, when, when I watch that, um, uh, that advert, I always think to myself that uh, Shane Warne turns around, like literally like, the camera goes off and he goes, so I get paid now, yeah? <laughs> He's been doing Pretty that for much. years as well, hasn't he? So it must be good money. Well, it's not good hair. <laughs> exactly. There's gonna be some benefit. It's fine hair. If you've got if you've got no hair, then it's you know, it's 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 probably the best option of hair you can have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it looks like a doormat. I, lo- I love the idea of having hair like Formula One drives. So he's got like hair for the next six months with an option of another two years. <laughs> keep, keep I mean, there is there is what um, one of the cricket commentators, David Lloyd, aka Bumble, um, who describes it as a dead squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't he once go on like a five-minute ramble about how he was getting Mrs. Bumble some ladders for her birthday? Yeah, that is that he is, is also a character. True. He calls her the nest of vipers. Uh huh. You see, I know that so the day will come eventually when I probably have to shave my head. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with having a shaved head. Being bald is nothing to be ashamed of, Appar- I don't think. Apparently just... it is if you're an ex-cricketer. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, we've gone way off I on a tangent. I fear we have veered slightly. We were, talking about, we were talking about Renault. Talking of which, Cyril Abitable's hair has re-emerged. <laughs> <laughs> Now, where's he going to get the tattoo if Danny Rick gets the um, gets the podium? Because according to uh, according to Danny, that bet is definitely on, and Cyril should watch out. Cyril, Cyril, uh, in an um, interview, also said the bet is on, and I am a man of my word. And should he get a podium, I will do it. Yeah, but nobody knows what the fuck the word is. That sounds like a man that doesn't have a great deal of faith in his car, <laughs> which is odd because given yesterday's performance, that I'd be worried if I was Cyril Abitable. Was it David Croft on Sky Sports uh, surmising that maybe it was a, a honey badger on his backside? Yes. If Daniel Ricciardo got a podium. Obviously, that's 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 totally unsubstantiated. And if <laughs> Ricciardo doesn't get a podium, is his side of the bet get his lips sewn together so he talks like Cyril? <laughs> <laughs> there was a pre-race interview, wasn't there, with Cyril Abitbull? Uh, and I could not understand half of what he said. The mask, the mask didn't help, so I couldn't lip read. Yeah, yeah it was a difficult listen. I, I remember trying to focus on it. I can't remember what he said. It must yeah, have been good of, stuff. 
yeah. All in all, though, a good weekend for Renault because mm. they were they were quick in practice. I think um, Ricardo was second in in Friday practice, and then Ocon was second, I think, in FP3. And then um, you know qualifying went well for them. Ricardo qualifying fourth is is amazing. Um, I actually, you know. I actually thought at one point it was going to hang on to third. Yeah, I did. And then, uh, you know, during the race, you thought, mm, you know, maybe they're going to slip back. And they would have done, as I said, if it rained. They really um, sort of threw all their eggs in the basket of it's going to stay dry. Uh, but they got it right. And when, when you when you gamble like that and it goes right, you look like heroes. And they look like, oh, rock stars, rather. I was going to say, come like, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, do, they did look like rock stars. So well done, Renault. That was a really good performance. Yeah, def- definitely worked. Right, uh, Red Bull next. Are we calling this a binary performance, third and sixth? I don't think so. I, I think, think it's it was a bit better from Albon. I was going to not... say exactly the same thing. Mm. Yeah, a bit better from Albon. Still not quite. And he admitted it. In, you know, that uh, anybody who had Sky TV would have seen uh, the interview with Albon as well. Uh, he he admitted he's not quite a hundred percent confident with the car as he would like to be. Uh, he needs to have more confidence in the car, so they're working together on that. Um, but his can I, right, can I ask what what more you want though? And I, I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to turn this into an album hate campaign because I like album and I want him to do well. But, but <laughs> yeah, well, no, the massive but is like. You've got the second best car on the grid. Yeah, but you need to be able to push it to 100% of your abilities. Yeah, Otherwise, but... if you if you don't have the confidence in the car to do that. How, right. How come Albon's different to every other driver we end up where we've had before? Every other driver we've had before, if you put him in the second best car and he, he doesn't perform, we'd be saying they need a new driver. For some reason, and I think it's just because he's nice... Albon seems to be getting a free pass. It's because oh, there isn't a... a backup option. The two backup options they've got in Alpha Tauri have oh, already sorry, been I, the option. I, I mean a free pass from media and fans. Oh, I see. I don't yeah. mean a free yeah. I don't mean yeah, I a, a free a free pass from Red Bull because I I still think that if he doesn't sort this out before the end of the year, I think he'll be out. And oh I think, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. 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 I don't think he's getting a free pass. I not especially not from from us either. I just think that um, it's it's intrinsic of Red Bull now, isn't it? To have you know, the, I think Martin Brundle said it perfectly yesterday, and I'm just going to paraphrase exactly what he said. They had the golden ticket when they had Max and Danny mm-hmm. in the team, uh, and then they lost Ricardo, and they had to kind of decide who was going to go up into the team mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they they went with Gasly that didn't work out they threw Albon in he, he did okay for the rest of the season that he was in but he hasn't managed to level up from last season so he's kind of doing the same job that he was doing last year but he needs to do better um, I think he was closer last year though but he this was closer is... to Vettel and I, but I, I sorry, sorry to Max but I don't know whether he was closer to Max because he was slower or has Max just took himself up a gear? Yeah, exactly. I think it could be a case of Verstappen's doing the Alonso job and Albon's, you know, perhaps a little bit behind where the car probably should be. Yeah, I, but the, the problem he's got is, uh, like, Bottas, for, like, for, for all we moan about the, um, 
well, you know, we want we we'd have wanted George Russell in that car next year. If we're all if if most Formula One fans are honest, if you're not a Bottas fan, you'd probably prefer George Russell in the car just to see what he could do. Um, but like Bottas, especially this weekend, proved why as long as Hamilton's in that team and as long as um, they like they're winning races and championships, why would Mercedes get rid of Bottas? He's a perfect number two to Lewis Hamilton, and that's what Red Bull need. Yeah, that's not unfair. They've been doing a lot of Albon hyping this week as well with um, with Red Bull. I noticed um, when they did their press release after the race yesterday, the headline for the press release was, Alex Albon takes sixth, not Max's podium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the other thing I noticed was the fact that he was, uh, Albon, like the, the post-race interview you were talking about, how honest it was, where he hasn't really been allowed to say things like that, I don't think, in the past. Um, so I, I don't know what that means, if it means anything. Yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I do agree in that Albon needs to be closer to Max Verstappen to guarantee that he's got a seat for next year, because otherwise they, I think you know, Red Bull will just have to look elsewhere, and it will have to be outside of the uh, Red Bull bubble. Well, they're going to have to do it soon as well because if let's just say that that car was slightly better and um, let's say it was capable of challenging for wins, maybe not on a permanent basis, but where we kind of hoped Red Bull would be because I think we all thought Mercedes were going to be the team to beat. Like, we like, Red... like somewhere, say, Austria and then gets taken out by, say, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, but I, we thought they'd be able to like to contend for the whole season. You know, we we thought Max was going to have a chance to fight for a championship. I don't believe that they can fight for a championship with Albon as the second driver because they have no options for Max Verstappen when it comes to strategy, and that's how Red Bull have always done their damage. Yeah, you know, with Max and Ricardo and. Then you know Vettel and Weber before that, yeah. they've um, always done the damage on strategies, and I just like Max is alone. Like Max, there's there's two Mercedes drivers. Maybe now and again you might even get a um, like a Ricardo or a Racing Point in the mix up there as well. And while trying to beat two Mercedes, Max is on his own. Yeah, I can see what he's saying. Lewis Hamilton said something very similar as well, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Some people gave him some shit for it, but he said, you know, Max is, is out there. He literally just said Max is out there on his own. But, you know, it was a it, the positive take from it was it was a better performance from Albon. Mm, he needs to do better than that, though. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, fourth. Or At even least. fifth. Fifth would be better than sixth. <clears throat> He did get overtaken on the last lap. He did. Yeah. And he, ha- he did have the medium tyres as well, which I think I think Red Bull admitted. They just thought, well, let's try something different, see what happens. Didn't work. Yeah. He had to nurse the me- He was the only driver to nurse the mediums to the end from the safety car, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a surpri- surprising choice. Not, not quite racing point surprising, but still. So that just leaves Mercedes. Um, I 
thought Bottas was gonna give it a go at the end of the straight on lap one, and as soon as Hamilton went into that second, but we went into that second sector and came out of the second sector like one point four seconds clear. I was like, yeah, uh, okay, hey, well, that's done then. <laughs> the only thing that's gonna stop this is a safety car, which we did get, but it, I think it was a bit too early. Mm. It was just as the pit window was opening. It either needed to be a lot earlier than that, and for somebody to dive in and make like a daredevil stop, or a lot later than that. And it just you know, nothing happened up front at all, really, did it? Bottas comfortably had a gap to Verstappen. Hamilton comfortably had a gap to Bottas. Yeah, and it it looked like there might have been something, didn't it, for a split second where Bottas like set the set the fastest lap of the race and and sneaked into DRS zone for like two seconds and then Hamilton finished like one once one point eight seconds up the road from by the end of the lap. Mm. Yeah. I mean Bottas like, being uh, being told he wasn't allowed to uh, to use an overtake. Which then Toto against, said that was a breakdown yeah. in communication because we want them to race. Yeah, but I mean it, the, the the thing was I don't feel that was Bottas's it wasn't Bottas being told he wasn't allowed to do it. Like the 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 message was they weren't allowed to use it on each other, wasn't it? But but what it should what it should have been according to Toto was if you've only got one left, you're not allowed to use it on each other. Yeah, yeah but you get you get the ERS sort of would would constantly build it back up, wouldn't it? And the plan at that point of the race was obviously for Mercedes to try and build a gap back to the others so that they had like. You know the pit stop, and I think they did have a pit stop over Ricardo, but um, Verstappen obviously kept kept within that pit stop window, which meant they couldn't make that second stop securely without definitely losing track position. Mm. So obviously, in that point of the race where Valtteri got that message, that was saying, you know, we need that's that's that, that's how I read it anyway. I didn't think it was a case of like, oh, they're not allowed to race each other. Well, no, Toto came out and clarified that they are, and he shouldn't. Bottas shouldn't have been told that, and it, it didn't reach the pit wall. Oops. <clears throat> so, I mean, the, the the main sort of excitement of the race with the Mercedes was uh, when the graphic came on screen that both of them had ten percent left on the front tires. <laughs> <laughs> Which with, again, with about I, four, I thought... with about four or five laps to go, and it's like, oh, we're going to get Silverst- Silverstone two all over, uh, Silverstone one all over again, and we. No, we didn't, and because I, I thought about that, I thought, "Oh, this is an interesting one. What's going on here?" Um, thinking that you know something might, um, you know, go on with the tires. Maybe they'd have to slow right down, and um, you know, chance for for uh, something explosive to happen, tires or or uh, you know <laughs> something else between the drivers. If one of them had to slow right down to manage a tire right at the end of the race, but then I thought, "Wait, Albon's still on mediums." Mm. That's that's what the, the, the thing that made me. Think. It was almost like I think that tire graphic was 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 thrown up there to stop people falling asleep. <laughs> oh, exciting I graphic! That. I mean, yeah. because I mean, Hamilton checked the tires at the end, and he said, "Well, you know, we were a bit worried about the tires, but there's plenty of rubber left on them, so there was nothing wrong with those hard tires at the end of the race." It was, it was because kind of, Albon got to the end on mediums. It was kind of 2020's greatest hits. Mercedes get told to stay off the curbs, and according to AWS, the tires have got 10% left, but it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't true. <laughs> no, it wasn't true. 
Um, what's worse, the tire graphics or the fucking virtual fan cam? Oh, oh. fucking hell. Uh, the what virtual was that fan, fan cam? With what? the Verstappen doing a shoey? Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. What the fuck was wrong with that guy? Lots. That Verstappen <laughs> and then doing a shoey? Yes. What are you doing, man? It made me very angry at the time. I missed a whole yeah. Leclerc pit stop. I was that livid at the guy. <laughs> he was He was only He was only missing giving it the Vettel finger at the end, wasn't oh, he? Oh, crazy. It's like the crooked finger. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And he was on... He was on for ages yes. as well. It was I think they replayed ages. it about twice or three yeah. times. Fuck. I thought he was. I thought he was replacing the notebook at one point. <laughs> he was there that long. <laughs> There's. I, th- I reckon if if you go to Belgium, they're still playing it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting fact because there was no notebook this week. <laughs> And because there was bugger all going on in the race, Sky actually finished their coverage half an hour early. Was it not a full hour? I thought it was an hour. No, it was half an hour. It was meant to finish at five and it finished at half four. I clocked it how, how quickly it finished because I was I, I was surprised when they said, right, bye. Was, all right. <laughs> They'd had enough as well, I think. And of course, See, a lack, yeah. lack of Ted until next week. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I miss sometimes because I think Ted's notebook, especially a race like that, is generally more entertaining than watching the race. He'd have had some good takes on Ferrari, I suspect. I think he's going to have some good takes on Ferrari this coming weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> In the meantime, we need rock stars and wankers. Oh. Wanker. Renault for rock stars. Yeah. Wanker for Giovinazzi. A for taking out Russell, because no. Um, but also the safety car at that time kind of forced everyone onto a one-stop strategy and made it a very boring race. That's uh, a quite protracted explanation of a, of a of why he would be a wanker. Yeah, wanker, but, twofold wanker. Yeah, I would not disagree though. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, Giovinazzi for wanker. Yeah, another rock star friend of the show, Johnny Herbert, called in to do the driver Stewart job at the last minute when Derek Warwick couldn't be there. Mysteriously, Derek Warwick couldn't be there the day after his birthday. Not calling hangover or anything, but <laughs> just saying. Odd that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he uh, didn't want to test for COVID. <laughs> I don't know. A little bit hungover. Do you want something poked down yeah, your throat? You fancy it to be Yeah, fair. not really. Yeah. Um, any others? Um, Ferrari is wankers for obvious reasons. No, they, yeah. no, they, no, they get the participation trophy award for this weekend. It's some good entertainment, though, isn't it? So they, yeah, I was, they, they I was won finding. this race last year, and they didn't just win the race last year. I mean, after the first sector, much like Mercedes did this weekend, they went on to dominate the the race last year. Yeah, they didn't uh, just win the race last year; they won the race and cheated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they won the race by. Cheating. Yes. It was a... Dishonest performance. I've got more of these. Hang on, Paul. Wait there. (laughs) (laughs) Because of what happened with Antoine Hubert and obviously Charles Leclerc being a close friend of his, it was an emotional occasion. I get the feeling like that's all been ruined now because it was quite clear... Not so much from the FIA sort of thing, like, well, we've told the technical regulations Ferrari doing something they're not allowed to do anymore, and then all of a sudden they stopped winning. But they've come to this year, and they're really poor. So how far they were cheating, I'm not entirely sure, but they definitely were. 
and it's taken it's tainted that kind of memory of Charles Leclerc's first win for me personally. When you put it in those terms, yeah, definitely. I think it's well, it's tainted everything Charles Leclerc's done when he got in, when he got in a Ferrari. The pole positions, like wins, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So same same goes for Vettel. Don't be wrong. You know, it's but uh, it's anything anything done in a red car now uh, in the hybrid era. I think has to look, be looked at with a bit of bit of bit of a squiff eye. Do you remember Monza last year? Leclerc being a bit naughty and you know having a battle with Hamilton, I think, wasn't it? Where he pushed Hamilton onto the grass and it was just like, oh, that was right on the cusp of being a fair, fair race. You know, they seem yeah. pretty equal on power, and uh, it 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 was a great moment seeing a Ferrari winning at Monza. But again, that's kind of given where Ferrari are now, and we we all think that it's because of their cheating. Um, it really takes away the moment that that happened last year because, you know, I like to see good moments happen in motorsport and a Ferrari winning at Monza is a good moment, but not if they're fucking cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the least good moment happened at Monza last year with the um with the qualifying. Oh, with the queuing. Oh, absolutely, yeah, with the queuing up, yeah. I thought we might get some of that in uh, qualifying at Belgium, actually, but we didn't, did we? There was a lot of complaints about it on Friday during practice. It happened quite a lot in the F2 as well, didn't it? So I wonder if maybe a a quiet word might have been had Mm. before the F1. Did anyone see the uh, FP3 queue as well for the fast lap when Grosjean was already on a fast lap? Oh, and he just, like, powered through them all. Oh, my God. God, they were all doing like 20 miles per hour and Grosjean just sailed down the outside at 10 times the speed. I bet that shit them up, seeing him coming. That that reminded me of the guy who uh, got the signs wrong during the TT and went through the pit lane at racing speed. Oh, Oh, yes. Terrifying. Can't remember who that was. It was uh, the now sadly late Paul Shoesmith. But that looked absolutely terrifying. Uh, Right. We've got Italy to look forward to next week, but we'll do a bit of news first. Because there is a little bit. Um, now, apparently fans are going to be letting to Mugello in well, the two weeks' time. Ferrari 1000th Grand Prix. Is it officially called the Tuscan Grand Prix, is that correct? Oh, I thought it had something else. The em- uh, Emilia Romana. That's what I had in my head. No, Emilia Romana is Imola, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, fuck no. Oh, that... Christ no. <laughs> I'll look yeah, this up. You talk amongst yourself. Yeah. I think Magello is, is officially the Tuscan Grand Prix. Will I fans think. want to go? Will fans actually want to go and watch Ferrari get stuffed? That's the thing. We could also see, should it happen, Lewis Hamilton win his 91st race at Ferrari's 1000th Grand like Prix. It is the Which Tuscan was... Grand Prix. You are you are very correct. The, the Mugello's a Tuscan Grand Prix. Yes. That's a, oh yeah, thought so. But yeah, I don't know that any Ferrari fan is going to want to watch their team finish 12th and 13th or 13th or 14th um, when, you know, Lewis Hamilton could very well equal Michael Schumacher's record at what is supposed to be a celebration of Ferrari, at a circuit that Ferrari owned. At a race that was created on Ferrari's request, practically. Yeah. 
it seems like and of course we have to get Monza out of the way first and Lewis Hamilton may not win in, in Monza you know a whole load of other things can happen but on his current form and on Formula One's current form, it does look like he may be able to equal Schumacher's record at Mugello. And that's just no no fan of any team would want to see their greatest legend be toppled. You, you know that you know that finger in the air? It's a different finger and it's pointing in a slightly different direction. And it's Lewis Hamilton's. What finger in the air? What the vet, the Vettel finger in the air. Oh, that one. Yeah, yes. yeah, the crooked finger. <laughs> yes. It'll be straighter, a different finger, the other way around and pointing at Ferrari fans. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mugello's a nice circuit. We haven't had a, we haven't had any car racing there for a while, though, have we, I don't think? As in, like, single-seater Formula 1, Formula 2. Um, not not single-seaters, not single seaters, but the um, I was watching the Ferrari Challenge from there. Right. Surprise, surprisingly, a series that's run by Ferrari, containing yeah. nothing but Ferraris. No, they Ra- weren't uh, data gathering or anything. Yeah, races they? at a Ferrari-owned circuit. Am I right in thinking that Mugello, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Mugello is, is, is quite a sweeping circuit. Is it very similar to the second sector in Belgium? Do you know what? Yeah, looking at it, not dissimilar, perhaps? Yeah, there's quite a lot of fast corners, and, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there's a couple of... So... <laughs> Yeah, and who totally ruined everyone in the second sector of Belgium? Racing point. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Mercedes, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's great that, that that Italy has managed to get on top of the whole COVID thing and can allow people into into races. Uh, how many tickets are going to sell and whether people still have to be distanced and wearing masks, I'm not sure. Um, I would imagine so. But it'll, be, it'll be good to see an actual crowd and not well, Max Verstappen, Shuey guy, or Lando Norris milk drinking fan. Yeah, they can they can mm. not attend. And Nico Rosberg. Oh, he's Don't busy. Don't forget Nico Rosberg. Nico yeah. Rosberg was in uh, was at the Hungarian Grand Prix where where a beige Rosberg appeared next to a beige lamp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten about the beige lamp. Yeah, but don't forget he's he's the German equivalent of a dragon now, isn't he? A lion. Yes. Because German lion, yes, Nico Rosberg. Yes, because he's appearing on the German dragon's den called Lion's Cave, and he's one of the lions. Giving a, giving advice on in, on investments and investing his own money. So buy shares in beige. Didn't he invest in Formula E before it was a thing, though? I think he, he does genuinely have some some pedigree in the investing. He has um, a huge um, portion of the. Um, I can't remember what is it, Ocean One, the um the cleanup campaign where the, the automated boats that go out and collect the plastic oh. from the sea. Uh he, he put something ridiculous like a million dollars into that. Oh, fair play. Mm, didn't didn't know that. I mean green's a bit too non beige for him, isn't it? <laughs> uh right, next thing. We get to see the Squovel in Bahrain for the Sakir Grand Prix. Well the I'm calendar's not- Finalised now, isn't it? Yeah, am I right in thinking that it's now Bahrain 1 and Bahrain 2? And it's not Bahrain 2 and Bahrain 1 as... No, it's Bahrain and it's Sakia. Because they yeah. because F1 was saying at first Bahrain 2, then Bahrain 1. Yes. They were. Because they'd kept yeah. Bahrain, I think, in... I don't think it was its original slot, but I think they'd they'd moved the original date and then added a second one in and, yeah, yeah. clusterfuck. But the Sakir Grand Prix is going to be on the... Um, it's officially called the Perimeter Circuit. 
But it's it's a squoval. It's called yeah. People have referred to it as an oval, and I wondered like, how do you get an oval at Bahrain? It's not an oval. It's sector one squiggly bit that they last used in 2010, and then sector three. It's yeah. it, it's a square with some zigzags. Yeah, if you asked if you asked like a a kid to design a circuit, that's probably what they'd come up with. The Grand Prix of DRS is where it's going to be formally referred to as. Yeah, well, they reckon the, the, the lap time is going to be under a minute, so it could have more laps than any. Well, will have more laps than any race in history. It'd probably be the shortest Grand Prix ever held as well, won't it? If that's the case, possibly eighty-seven laps. They reckon of, of less than a minute. Well, who knows? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm down for a change. I, but like Bahrain's not what you call like the the greatest of circuits, is it? So, is it going to be a night race again as well? Yeah, Ooh, I would have thought exciting. So. Yeah, I'd imagine. Because they, does, they don't look you see in the outside. Yeah, it does work, doesn't it, as a, a twilight race? It has been better. Yeah, it has been, yeah. You mean you can't see the protesters in the, in the dark, can you? <laughs> that yeah. helps as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like everybody, is it? That's why we have slave quarters. Because, you know, it's when you're having your lunch, you don't want to have to look at those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, where are we next? Um, oh, Alpha Tori test. Yeah, um, Yuki Sonoda is getting a Honda-sponsored, I assume, test in the Alpha Tori. I would imagine so, yes. He is in the Red Bull um, Junior programme and he will have enough points for a super licence if he is fifth or higher in F2, which could very well be. So they're obviously eyeing him up as a potential Alpha Tori driver for next year. I think yeah. it'd be good for Formula One if he gets in. You know, it's uh, Honda like having the like have, having someone in there. So it ho- hopefully make them commit a bit more as well. That's like Takuma Sato. I was going to say, have Honda had a driver in F1 since Sato? Don't think so. Not, not properly. No, Matsushita think, no. was on the uh, was on the Honda program wasn't he but i think he got dropped yeah they've had a few in f2 they've had a few um honda sponsored japanese drivers that just haven't quite had enough was Um, kamui anything to do with honda no he was toyota wasn't he yeah oh yeah he um, He came in with toyota and then joined sauber afterwards yeah that's it So, yeah, I mean, it'll be the um, it'll be the first sort of Honda-backed Japanese driver. I mean, Honda basically ended up funding Super Aguri at first just to keep Sato in a seat, didn't mm. they? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very very quick rise as well. Yuki Sonoda, he was um, Japanese F4 champion in 2018. Bloody hell! Did F3 last year, F2 this year. That is shifting him through the ranks. That yeah. is a lot of backing that Honda are giving him. Mm. I think Honda should buy their own team. It didn't end well last time. <laughs> it didn't, no, that's fair. It ended on fire. <laughs> it ended Earth, literally setting the Earth world on works. fire. What a <laughs> fucking shambles. <laughs> yeah, what what was it what was it you said? I think it was you that told me Lee, the um for the the first of the Earth car seasons. Um, the car was designed with all the measurements in metric and the wind tunnel was caught, uh, calibrated in imperial. <laughs> so the wind, the wind tunnel measurements were slightly out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
kind of defeats the whole purpose of having one, really, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the fact that like the whole Earthworks thing was supposed to be like a, a sort of a green thing, like a green stamp on Formula One, and they probably did more for the carbon footprint than the rest of the teams. The amount of times they were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> They own a hole in the ozone now. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that just was... remember Brazil, two thousand and eight. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won the world championship, and Felipe Massa won the race, but was crying on the podium because he didn't win the world championship. Meanwhile, Jensen Button was struggling to put his, uh, his steering wheel back on a car that was literally on fire. And then the following year, he was world champion in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like if. If they hadn't have pulled out that year, because obviously the Braun car was going to be a good car, and the Honda engine was always grand, you know, like it, it they they had like one of the better engines. So I still think he could have won that world championship with a Honda engine in the back of it instead of Mercedes. I think uh, quite likely, yeah, yeah. So it just makes you wonder, doesn't it? You know, if if that would have happened, Honda would have all of, all of a sudden been world champions then. And no Mercedes. No Mercedes. Your um, uh, Ross Braun would have probably stayed on as team principal in that in that role. Uh, multiple time world champion Jensen Button. What yeah. a shame. Could have been. Lee, it's time for your medication. <laughs> what what for this erection I have? <laughs> no, we're not doing those adverts this week. <laughs> All right, this will this will uh, bring you back down. Has have said all options are open for their lineup for twenty twenty one. Now, clean the board, start again. One of yeah. those options is keeping on Grosjean and K Mag yet again. I don't think that's a good option. I get I get the feeling Grosjean wants to quit. Do you what make, what gives you that idea? Um, nothing. Ted, Krav- Ted Kravitz the other week saying that uh, when he spoke to Grosjean, he wasn't even looking forward to next season. No, that's not what he said. He said he, lo- he, he said he wasn't looking forward at next season. Not he wasn't looking forward to it. He was taking it a race at a time. That's what it, that's what they. Oh, no, I, 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 I took what he said as. Um, he, you know, he, he wasn't making he wasn't making plans for next year like he normally does at this this stage of the year. Yeah, no, he wasn't making plans for it because I don't think anyone's given him a contract yet. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I not going to Steiner and, and not Haas and not, nothing to do with the organisation. But I made it quite clear even when we had um, our guest Reese on a few weeks ago. I think Haas should have changed their driver lineup probably two seasons ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I think particularly with Hulkenberg being in the driver's market for this season, last year, a few eyebrows were raised that they still stuck with with Grosjean when they could have had Hulkenberg. And then they looked like wankers when Hulkenberg qualified third at Silvers too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially like um, with, with potentially Perez being like free as well. Yeah. They could have Perez and Hulkenberg if they wanted. Yeah, and and they would get some fucking. I, I mean, I know like Gene Haas is like nobody's accused him of being skin, but uh, there's no sponsorship really on that car, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm pretty sure some Perez sponsorship money coming into Haas would make Gene Haas awfully happy. 
Yeah, because he he does come with a good a good uh, chunk of the sponsorship, doesn't he? Like about ten million. Yeah. It's, about, like it's about ten million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so that that would be a good good option for for Haas. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see Hulkenberg in there, and I think Perez is the second driver wouldn't be. Well, in the other car, wouldn't uh, be a mistake if he's available. Do you know what? I think it's kind of oh yeah, it, it, that rate. I mean, hopefully, Haas will be a bit further up the grid. Uh, we expect and hope that, well, or, or I hope that Austin Martin's going to end up actually being a challenger come 2022. I kind of think mid grid is where Perez belongs. Yeah, maybe. He's never really shown that he's got that, I don't know. Mm, that, it's difficult, that isn't it? Because I think we know the McLaren thing came a little bit too early, but yeah. has he ever really done enough to have another shot? Not so sure. I think there would have been more potential there if he hadn't gone to McLaren then yeah. and maybe maybe another, a year later going into a top team. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he was on... Get, he, he nearly won the Malaysian Grand Prix until his until his uh, engineer told him not to fuck it up. Yeah. Which is the first way to make somebody fuck things up is to tell them not to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he uh, nearly won in Monza as well that year because he looked after his tires so well. Uh, he, I can remember. I think I think Hamilton won that year and said to him in the in the green room before they went up onto the podium like. Um, green room like as a tv show um <laughs> said to him that uh you, you you were gonna have me if that was a couple of laps a couple of laps later I'm, I'm lucky the race finished when it did but let's not also forget that he then got a, a a mclaren contract halfway through that season and proceeded to do more damage than unibomber <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i say a little bit too soon i think i think he got he got ron broken yeah, but now I think um, I think I think Hass and Hulk would um, Paris and Hulk. Sorry, would be a good one for Hass. Yeah, well, they were teammates, weren't they before? So they get on well. Um, Hulk was, you know, replacing Perez was was a great thing for for Racing Point. It worked really well for them. Uh, there doesn't appear to be any animosity between them. Did they have a video phone call and? And when when Perez was waiting for his result for the second race that he missed, they were they were FaceTiming. Yeah. yeah. But there was no threats of peeing in the seat this time. No, I think that would be poor etiquette. <laughs> um right, so Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Monza, the current spiritual home of Ferrari. Yeah. The prancing horse and red flags are everywhere. It's gonna be a wake, isn't it? Rather than a home. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, do you know where else you call spirit homes? Graves. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the uh, the grave for uh, Mattia Binotto as head of Ferrari. Mm. Uh, I don't want. I don't think he's necessarily been given a fair crack of the whip, but because I think whatever was happening in Ferrari was happening before he took over. Um, but. It's he's not swept the mess away, has he? He's not he's not cleaned it up and sorted everything out. It's got and worse. Yeah, he needs to. I don't know. I don't know what to what to suggest. But this Binotto Sky can't teams. be there, can they? He can't be there after this year if it carries on like this. No, no the Sky Team 
pulled a good point up because he was an air. Uh, he was involved in like the technical side of Ferrari, uh, where they seem to be struggling about like more now as well, and whether moving him from there to team principal has left a vacuum in the technical side as well. Because I don't think they've ever replaced him, have they? They've never actually hired another technical director. They've just appointed people kind of around the role. Now, they've, moved, yeah. they've moved him out of the technical side in the last two weeks to concentrate on running the team and put a technical head in, but mm. not somebody with full decision-making abilities. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. work. No. I mean, by, by the way things are going, I think they might actually just be a head. Like, <laughs> just a no. disembodied head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you might... And what's his name? John Elkin, the, um, the the chairman of the of the group, has said that they don't expect to win races until 2022. So um, that might buy Binotto a bit of time, but I just I don't know. I don't. I well, don't that means they expect personally. to win races in 2022. Yeah, yeah. something needs and to change. <laughs> so whoever's in charge in 2022 is already um, already looking at uh, a struggle when they don't. Yeah, and also we've already discussed that the engines don't change. So. No. Um, and and the thing is as well with such a big rule shake up as well, you can't um, you you can't guarantee that it's like it's it, it's it's one of those things when people that are moving teams, especially right now that uh, that are moving teams that are going to be where they are in twenty twenty two. You roll the dice. That's what everybody that's moving teams is doing, and I just don't believe that if Ferrari can. If they can't be trusted to do what they're doing now, why are they going to handle a rule change? You know, in the situation their team is, um, which appears to be like just obliterated in, inside, how are they going to handle the rules better, like the rule change better than say Red Bull or Mercedes? And that's when there's a salary yeah. cap as well, so they'll have less funds to do it with. Yeah, because the traditional Ferrari way of getting around any problem is throw a load of money at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to leave it Italy broke and pour it into Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. We've already discussed, haven't we? They spend probably, we we think, just more than double what Alfa Romeo is spending. And yet Alfa Romeo... Shandok said that it's about, um, Alfa Romeo's budget is about 40% of Ferrari's. Wow. Okay, so yeah, under half then. And yet mm-hmm. the Alfa Romeo uh, pretty much took them to school this weekend. <laughs> I wonder what percentage it works out. If you, if you look at everything that Ferrari, uh, Ferrari gets, you know, if you were to properly audit them, uh, I, I wonder how much of Italy's GDP it works out at. Probably a disturbing amount. I know. Very, very upsetting amount if you're Italian, I imagine. Well, <laughs> Well, I just thought if if Jeff Bezos can become like one percent of the US's, then surely Ferrari's a good chunk of Italy's. Yeah, I am just tapping so. out for thirty seconds because Dizzy's done a shit and it smells very bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this this is the downside of not being in the um, the old pod room because we were sealed in what? there. More from Sean in the field later. <laughs> right, tell you what. Uh, we can... Pit lane reporter Sean Cowper. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, she's stuck in the gravel trap. <laughs> with, a, with a few Roman Grosjeans. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think Dizzy's left a Ferrari engine or two in there. 
fair enough. <laughs> right, let's do the predictions. Um, yeah. Obviously, Sean is going to go last. I will do the um, two absent ones. And Dan has basically said, go for Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen for the rest of the season, unless I tell you different. <laughs> this, this is a, a wise choice, I feel, from Dan. Yeah. yeah. Dan sends his love to everyone. We're, um, we had a curry and a few drinks with him on, um, on Saturday night. And he's, Hello, Dan. He says hi, and he will be taking part in a couple of shows later on in the year. I look forward. Well, he's running out of shows to take part in. Yes. Well, there's still about 90,000 races left and only four months to get them in. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right, we've got a guest predictor this week. Um, friend, friend of the podcast, the next Formula, One, uh, Formula Lee winner, Jeff Sharp. Next Formula Hi, One Jeff. winner? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on iRacing. Well, on the, on, on the F1 game, he won on that. Yes, yeah, he did, yeah. Um, he, Hello, Jeff. He's gone for a Lewis win, Bottas second, and Danny Rick third. Ooh. Yeah, given Renault's performance in um, Belgium, that might not be stupid. Yeah, well, uh, and as is traditional with the guest predictors, his rock stars are Renault. And a suggestion for wankers, I agree with this one, the drivers that don't get their quali laps in because they're fucking around trying to get a slipstream. Yes. Definitely. Ferrari. I think as well, in the absence of Ferrari having any ability, bloke with Italian surname would probably be a popular podium sitter. <laughs> <laughs> what, Rosberg? Oh, of course, because he feels a bit Italian. Yes. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> right, who's up next? I'll go. Go on, then. Um, Hamilton Bottas for Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Can't say as I'm surprised. I'll go left field. I'll go Bottas. Ooh. Hamilton. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about third place. You know, I'm not so sure. It's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll um, yeah. Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen. Right, Sean, do you want to? I am going to go Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Not that this season's predictable or anything. Thanks, and, Ferrari. <laughs> and I am also going to go Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. I can't see it being any different. That's exactly what it was in Belgium, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to get your predictions in, there's a couple of extra one, a few extra ones for you to do as well. You can predict who's going to get pole, who's going to get the fastest lap, and how many not classified drivers there are. Don't not, forget not, as well, it's um, that, that really long run down to the first chicane. So it was totally, totally, you know, not impossible that some drivers could be taken out at the first turn. Uh, possibly front runners, one of those front three. That is true. There, there is a chance for variety and uh, to surprise us all. Yeah, absolutely. Probably what happened, but yeah, yeah happened you never Verstappen know. last year, didn't it? He got punted quite early on. Oh, that's true. And there will, there's bound to be somebody that misses the first chicane and has to go down the escape road. Grosjean. Uh, 
somebody usually does it most years. But if you want to take part, go to the website, threelegsportwheels.com, go to the game section and have a look for the 2020 Prediction League. And you've got until five minutes before qualifying starts on Saturday to uh, to get your predictions in. See how that goes. Right, shunting time. I'm ready. Wow, Whoa. that was swift. Bloody hell. You, uh, your time in Russian captivity didn't um, didn't stop you from being productive. They've told me what to do. <laughs> Is it Danny Kivyat? Telling you what to say. Yeah. <laughs> telling you how to think. It's uh, Russian shunts ask me the questions. Um, <laughs> Who's this one from? Are we ready? Who's it from? It it is from Dave Jackson. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Uh, I was born. Yes. Yay. <laughs> In, um, you, you're all right, Paul. Yeah, I'm just choking. I, <laughs> just choking right. a bit. I mean, I, I love a bit of ASMR, yeah? I, I like probably love a bit of ASMR. I listen to ASMR pretty much every night before I go to bed. But uh, the cat, the cat purring into the microphone <laughs> is getting a bit much at times. Diz. For the benefit of podcast Diz. listeners, that was just the Skype microphone she was purring into. And not no, the she pod was one. gumming it like a lunatic. <laughs> she was she was gumming at the time. Loud. Yeah, she was gumming the, the mic. Diz, will you piss off I for five thought, minutes? I thought you said bumming at first. Yeah, um, she might as well. Yeah, I was born in 1959. Right. Okay. okay. I won numerous karting events when I was younger, <laughs> and finished second in the British F3 International Series in 1979. International. 20, so yeah. Right. My first F1 Grand Prix was in 1980. Hmm. Not sure why I said 80. Like A- that. 80. Here we go. Sounds about the right age for Martin Brundle. Uh, it's, it's Brundle's first Formula One race wasn't until 83 or 84 because he was in Formula 3 with Senna. And would he have been in F3 International? Possibly. I was thinking possibly um, a, a an international driver. Possibly an Alan Jones. Would that have been too late for him to make his debut? Yeah, yeah. Alan Jones was world champion in 1980. Ah, that's where I've got 80 from. There we go. <laughs> Nigel Mansell? Is that too, he's too, too young to be Mansell, isn't he? Yeah, I think Mansell's, what, about 64, 65? Yeah, wasn't he 40 when he won his world championship in 92? Or... Yes, that rings yeah, a bell. So actually, yes. Yeah, so, God, 68. Wow. Um, so we're looking, we're looking for somebody who was notable round, or semi-notable round the early 80s. Hmm. Or was a total unknown, because it could go that way. With, it could with be. It could shot. be an utter random. Okay, Bruno Giacomelli. Ooh. That's a good shout. That came from fucking nowhere. <laughs> totally from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just launch that into the mix with no warning. Jesus. Is it because you were looking at your cat? Oh, good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Bruno Senna <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, should we go with that one as a first stab in the dark? Why not? I have driven for 10 Formula One teams. Fucking hell. Okay, we are looking and- at... Looking wow, at then. hardcore journeyman, journeyman here. What about Andre Cesaris? Is that roughly around the right time? They used to drive for ten different teams in a weekend. 
You used to crash 10 different cars in a weekend. <laughs> but yeah, the Cesaris was, was still being brought in as like a as like a substitute driver even as late as like 94, I think. I think at one point they thought about bringing him in to replace Massa. <laughs> <laughs> in the year of your Lord, as in me, 1982, I became the youngest driver to take pole 57 days before my 23rd birthday. Okay. We are now we are now in, we are now into the zone of questions where Sean would have just sat there saying, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah. Yeah. What about Number Thierry Bootsen? Buto. Oh, that is that is a good show. He he was fairly. Oh shit! Is he driving for them now? Number six. I was regarded as as a quick driver with talent, however gained a reputation of being a bit wild. I'm liking the DeCesaris here. Yeah, yeah. Andrea DeCesaris sounds pretty good at the moment. To be fair, it's it's a good job to be regarded as quick if you've been signed up for a Formula One driver. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) It is helpful. Two words, Max Chilton. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a thing in the 80s either, was it? No, it was, I have a large amount of sponsorship behind me, or I've taken out a loan. Max Chilton. <laughs> no, that was pocket money. Uh, <laughs> I'll pay you back, Dad. Oh, Why does Tom get wait. the fast cars and I don't? Because Tom chose a reasonable championship. <laughs> and can drive. Something's going, something's going wrong when your fucking pocket money's counted in bullion. <laughs> Yeah, should we go to Cesaris for this one? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> My final Grand Prix was in Jerez in 1994, where I was replaced by uh, JJ Leto for this uh, for the last two Grand Prix. Was JJ Leto driving for Benetton then, or was he? Yes, he was. Because JJ Leto also drove for Lotus, didn't he? But I don't know that he did it in the same season. No, he was he was another driver that just kept uh, kept well kept popping up for races, usually at Benetton. Because I'm still liking the idea of Andrea de Cesaris. You said he was still racing till '94, roughly '94. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think he was a replacement himself for somebody, and I think I don't know for definite, but I think his first race of the season may have been at Imola that year, that terrible race. Leto was in the other Benetton that one. Yeah, but I think Benetton that year didn't didn't they have they had um, they had uh, Jos, Jos they had Jos Verstappen and probably Johnny Herbert at some point. Yeah, I think Herbert was in the other Lotus probably at that point as well. Ninety four. Yeah, I think, I think you're definitely onto something with the Cesaris, but we've got a couple more clues, yeah, haven't we? Yep. Where. <laughs> uh, in my later career, I was asked to be to be part of the Grand Prix Masters, where I finished fourth at Kyle Army. Which I think was the only race that they ever had, because they went bust. Yeah, which yeah, Nigel Mansell won. Um, Alan, Jones, Ricardo, Alan Jones couldn't fit into the car. No. Um, Ricardo Patrese, I think, finished second. It was like a watch in a Williams in the early 90s. And don't, to be honest with you, I, don't, I can't remember much um, much beyond that. I remember watching it. Murray was commentating on it. Yes, he was. Yeah, Murray walking in the commentary. Yeah. 
Are you ready for number nine? Yeah. I think so. After racing, I was a successful currency trader at Monte- in Monte Carlo, reportedly enjoying windsurfing in Hawaii. Wow. Okay. Mm, all right. Okay. That's a, a lifestyle, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's, ra- it's rather the commute for your hobby, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, if you're good at the <laughs> currency trading, though, you can you can probably afford such a commute. Um, to be fair, if you're living in Monaco, I don't think you're worried. <laughs> this is very true. <coughs> yeah. Very, very few shopkeepers actually live in Monaco, even if they have a shop there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Harrod? I had a fatal accident in 2014. Uh, driving a motorcycle on a main road uh, in the city of my birth. Yeah, it's Andre de Cesaris. <coughs> Are we going for that? I think so. Yeah, Andre de Cesaris died in a motorcycle accident. I wouldn't have said it was as long ago as 2014. Um, I'm pretty sure it was on the outskirts of Rome. He, um, I think he was trying to change lanes and um, was hit by a truck or something. Chris, do you want to ask the question? Are you Andrea de Cesaris? I am Andres de Cesaris. I'll do. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> uh, that, was, uh, uh, that was a good one. This, that was a good one. The spaffer was, uh, I hold the record for Grand Prix race starts without a single victory. Nico Hulkenberg. I was going to say, I thought that was Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. Are you slightly more disappointing than Nick Heidfeld? <laughs> <laughs> If you, if any of the listeners aren't quite sure who Andrea de Cesaris uh, is, stroke was, um, go and have a look at Rubbish. some of his. Uh... Bike rider. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> he uh, he was a, a, a brilliant driver who would find the limit by actually going over it quite often, <laughs> and. The spectacular accidents he had in Formula One cars, and I'm sure there's a compilation on YouTube, there will be, that you could not have that kind of accident today in Formula One uh, and just get out of the car and walk away. I don't know, I don't know how he did it back then, but um, yeah, the, 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 it would almost be impossible to have those kind of accidents in Formula One cars these days. Little known fact, he taught Michael Schumacher how to ski. <laughs> and moving swiftly <laughs> on. Um, how do you send in a turtle shunt? You can tweet me and uh, PM me on Twitter, I should say, uh, at a turtle shunt. I'm also on um, Instagram, but I'm not. I, I, if you search the name, I'm not a turtle shunt at the minute on things. I am gay for Batterson at the minute. Of course, you, you are. Have to search for that. Um, if I can also request a couple of um, couple of backup shunts sent by email to three legs four wheels at gmail dot com, then um, I've got the I've got the spare pile which has nearly run out. Cause I didn't realise it was so low after last week when Lee wasn't about. And you can get hold of us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at three legs four wheels, and individually on Twitter we are at Sean Cowper, at Flood Twenty One, and at Pablo One Hundred. Right. Codemasters have fixed the issue. Finally. Yay. Formula Lee, in association with Scott 3D, is back. Good news, everyone. Um, we're not going to do Australia again because that would just worked, That just proved to be too difficult. 
to actually get things working. We're going to start with Bahrain. Uh, it's going to be a two-week two-week challenge, so you've got until Monday the 14th, 7 o'clock UK time, to get your time in for a lap of Bahrain in the dry. And I think we'll do it in a Renault. Okey-doke. So Bahrain you, in the dry in a Renault. Yep, yeah, you can send those in on a Facebook direct message, Instagram DM... Um, Twitter DM, do them by email as well. Send you screenshots. If you're on, um, if you're on PS One, send me a friend request. If you already haven't, I'm Pabstar on there, and I'll be able to see your time on the leaderboard. And uh, of course, there is a prize from Scott 3D for the winner, which will be a 3D printed map of the circuit. And if you want to buy the 3D printed maps, go to the go to our website. We've got a link to there, and uh, there's a voucher that you can put in voucher code that you can put in for a little bit of a discount from them as well so see how you cool. get see how you get on with that uh right probably probably about time for us to bugger off in it i think so yeah we'll Maybe. be we'll be covering the race on discord this weekend um qualifying and uh all the way all the way through the race i might even be about during practice because i'm off work this week Ooh. well done that's if you're not having your second nap of the day. <laughs> I only have two naps today because I only had time for one yesterday. All right, I, I like sleep. It's like my third favourite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, if I can stay awake, I'll be. We'll be on for. Uh, we'll be on the uh, on the Discord for uh, most of the sessions over the weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week with a review of whatever the hell happens in Monza. But I'll bet it's a bad. We will. Bet it's a bad one for Ferrari. And don't you watch for- now, they'll get a one-two. Yeah. Don't, yeah. For- don't forget to get your predictions in. We'll see and you next week. make sure you don't fall asleep on Discord. Good call. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 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 Bye.